This is the Rocky Mountain Review. My name is Maximus Hunter. And I'm Ren Wadsworth, and we are joined remotely by our two reporters. Uh, my name is Ivy Winfrey. I'm Kuda Babcock, and I am with the COVID-19 Outbreak Update. We're going to have a great show for you today. Uh, we are going to start with local news and then have our uh, COVID update. And then Coda Babcock, the future news director of 90.5 KCSU... <laughs> is doing his first interview so uh we're gonna listen to that and who's that with coda it's with lindsey upton spatz who's the president and senator for the multi-faith and belief student council i uh actually know who that is so that's that's awesome uh, that's so exciting we're so yeah we uh we're gonna have that uh ren's gonna do national days i've got an episode of news to cure the blues and we're gonna go ahead and jump right in uh, Ivy, take it away with local news. Hey, y'all. Uh, I'm Ivy again, uh, and this is uh, your local news. Um, so, the city of Fort Collins enacted a rule May 1st requiring face coverings in most buildings that are open to public in order to reduce the transmission of COVID-19. Face coverings will be required to be worn in the following places. Any enclosed area, including retail and commercial businesses or on-site service providers to which the public is invited or in which workers, including volunteers from more than one household, are present. Also, any city of Fort Collins building or any indoor city facility. Any public transportation, including city transport buses and bus shelters. Or any other public indoor place where persons are unable to maintain safe social distancing, uh, six or more feet of separation, uh, from others not in their own household. Exemptions for the rule include people under the age of 10 years or children within a childcare facility, people whom a face covering would cause impairment due to an existing health condition documented by a medical professional, people working in an office or other workspace who do not have any face-to-face -face interactions with or share workspace with other people, if a person is undergoing medical or dental procedure that requires access to the person's mouth or nose, uh, property owned or operated by the federal, state, or county governments, and people who are customers of banks, financial institutions, and pawn shops. However, employees of these places must still wear face coverings. Uh, face coverings that meet the city's requirements must cover the nose and mouth and remain affixed without the use of hands. Examples include bandanas, medical masks, cloth masks, and gaiters. Uh, the public is discouraged from acquiring healthcare grade or industrial grade masks that would be used by healthcare workers. Any person who does not wear a face covering where required and who does not leave the premises when asked to do so may be charged with a misdemeanor. Any person in charge of a property where face coverings are required who does not enforce the order may also be charged with a misdemeanor. Next up, uh, the Colorado Secretary of State Jenna Griswold and Colorado State Representative Tom Sullivan are calling on the United States Treasury Secretary Stephen Mnuchin to, pronounce, uh, to approve a $10 billion loan to the United States Postal Service. The CARES Act, passed by Congress, allows the United States Postal Service to borrow up to $10 billion from the Treasury Department to help soften the blow from COVID-19. But the loan has to be approved by both the Treasury Department and Steven Mnuchin himself, as Secretary Mnuchin refers to, uh, refuses to approve the loan in a timely manner. 
the USPS could be forced to severely limit or entirely cease operations by the end of the fiscal year, September 30th. This would impede Colorado's ability to hold the November general election. Secretary Griswold said of the issue, quote, Colorado's elections are considered the national gold standard, in large part because we work with the United States Postal Service to mail a ballot to every registered voter. Our vote-by-mail system is the primary reason Colorado consistently has one of the highest voter turnout rates in the nation. Representative Sullivan said of the issue, quote, Even amidst this pandemic, the only vehicle you typically see driving through your neighborhood is a postal service truck, and it's stopping at every house. The need for this service is magnified in our rural communities, for which the U.S. Postal Service goes the extra mile. Finally, two asthma care programs, the Children's Hospital Colorado Breathing Institute in Aurora, uh, Colorado, and the University of Texas Health Science Center at Tyler, Texas, are receiving the Environmental Protection Agency's National Environmental Leadership Award in Asthma Management, in honor of May being Asthma Awareness Month. Among the nation's highest honors for programs helping families bring asthma under control, this award recognizes health programs for excellent environmental asthma management. In reference to the award, EPA Principal Deputy Assistant Administrator for the Office of Air and Radiation, Ann Isdahl, said, quote, Asthma is a public health, economic, and environmental issue that can deeply impact families and touches entire communities. More than ever, we cherish the opportunity to thank medical professionals, and we congratulate these innovative programs for supporting their communities, especially during this difficult time. EPA Regional Administrator Gregory Sopkin said about the award, quote, Children's Hospital Colorado continues to find ways to improve the lives of children and families and communities across the state. We are proud to recognize the Breathing Institute is a national example for others seeking to develop programs that connect healthier homes and indoor environments with positive asthma outcomes. To showcase and best spread asthma care practices from these award-winning programs, the EPA will be hosting a webinar on May 28, 2020, as part of Asthma Awareness Month. Registration for this webinar will be announced on the EPA website at epa.gov. And that's it for my newscast. And to think that the EPA was the villain in the Simpsons movie. That's pretty awesome of them. Thank you so much, Ivy. Yeah. All right. Let's go to our COVID-19 outbreak update with Coda Babcock, future news director. I'm Coda Babcock, and this is the COVID-19 outbreak update for May 5th, 2020. The safer at home phase is still going into place in Larimer County and most of the state of Colorado. Currently, commercial offices, personal services, retail, and non-essential business services, as well as real estate and elective medical and dental services, are able to operate with restrictions. The purpose of the Safer at Home order is to slowly open the economy while avoiding a spike in COVID-19 cases. The order is in place until May 26th, but may be extended or changed depending on the situation. The goal of this phase is to achieve 60-65% to 65% physical distancing and continue to encourage residents to stay home unless necessary. Those who are sick with COVID-19 are expected to remain at home until 72 hours after their fever goes away without the help of fever-inducing medication. There are 422 cases of, of COVID-19 in Larimer County, 19 COVID-19-related deaths, and three outbreaks. 50% of cases are from Fort Collins, and 35% are from Loveland. In Larimer County, 59% of those diagnosed with COVID-19 are female, while 41% are male. Those ages 35 to 44 years old are also currently experiencing the most cases at 20%. On Monday, May 4th, Governor Jared Polis gave an update from the state capitol on the current situation with the Safer at Home order. The coronavirus infection 
growth and hospitalization growth rates have continued to decline. However, the state of Colorado has begun to experience more deaths. The state is increasing the number of testing sites, and there is now an online tool that maps some community-based testing sites available on the Colorado Department of Public Health and Environment's website. Governor Polis is encouraging caution and personal responsibility when people leave their homes to help avoid a spike in new cases. The state of Colorado currently has 16,907 16, cases of COVID-19 and 2,838 reported to be hospitalized across 56 counties. There are 163 outbreaks in the state and Colorado's death toll has reached 851 as of May 4th at 4 p.m. The Centers for Disease Control has reported 1,171,510 cases and a total of 68,279 deaths as of May 5th, 2020. Due to limited testing, these numbers may not properly represent the amount of people with COVID-19, and it is expected to be higher. If you are experiencing any symptoms of COVID-19, you can visit the CDC's website at cdc.gov coronavirus and navigate to the coronavirus self-checker to help in making informed decisions about seeking testing and care. Information for this segment is gathered from Larimer County, the Colorado Department of Public Health and Environment, Colorado Public Radio, and the Centers for Disease Control. I'm Kota Babcock, and you're listening to the Rocky Mountain Review on 90.5 KCSU Fort Collins. Thank you, Kota. Of course. All right, we're going to take a quick break, but when we come back, we're going to have Kota's interview, so stay tuned. Welcome back to KCSU on 90.5 FM. You're listening to the Rocky Mountain Review. I'm Coda Babcock, and up next, we have an interview that I did with the president of the Multi-Faith and Belief Student Council here at CSU, Lindsay Upton-Spatz. In this interview, we talk about how COVID-19 is especially impacting students of faith and how the council is responding. Today, I'm with Lindsay Upton-Spatz, who is the president of the Multi-Faith and Belief Student Council. As the president, she also serves as a senator through the Associated Students of Colorado State University, representing students of faith here at Colorado State University. How are you doing, Lindsay? I'm good. Uh, Thank you for having me. Of course. What is the Multi-Faith and Belief Student Council, and what do they do for students? Um, So we are a board of religiously and faith-based students. And our objective is to be able to create platforms uh, for dialogue and just interfaith uh, coalition building. And um, we host two big events during the year in efforts to allow people to have conversations and not only appreciate our differences and, and the differences in the way we believe, but to understand that those differences are great and we also have a lot in common. Traditionally, how does the council normally serve students of faith on campus when not in quarantine? Um, So we've moved our spring event, which is the Better Together Day, online, and we had it on Zoom. But traditionally, that will be a bigger event in the plaza and we'll be there all day so students can stop by and talk. And we have different activities set up to try to facilitate interfaith dialogue. Uh, We also have a semesterly council meeting where we invite any students of different faiths or beliefs to come just sit down and have a conversation and they're able to bring anything to light for us. If there are any issues within their communities uh, that we can help them with, uh, but also just being able to have 
conversations, uh, our Better Together Day was this year was really about how different faiths and beliefs look at coping in hard times. So I think that was particularly relevant to what's going on right now. Yeah, definitely. Relating back to that, what are some issues facing students of faith during the outbreak, especially considering that Passover and Easter just recently happened and Ramadan is starting? Yeah, absolutely. I think that there are a lot of students that generally will celebrate those holidays either with their families or the student organizations they are affiliated with. And this quarantine has obviously put a wrench in that for a lot of students and not being able to celebrate with their loved ones is unbelievably difficult. And I think just in general, not being able to have face-to-face community, even though community can be built over Zoom uh, and really has to be in this time, it's, I think for most of us, just not the same thing and doesn't offer the same services uh, as we would normally have. Uh, And just in general, not for the seniors to be able to complete their time within their organizations um, and to have their last holidays at CSU. How do you think that the council and places of worship that work with the council really continue to serve students during the outbreak? Um, Well, I think just mostly moving their activities and events online. Um, I can't speak for other organizations, but in terms of the multi-faith and belief, as I mentioned, they moved Better Together Day online um, and was able to invite anyone who wanted to participate that way Um, and other organizations such as uh, Hillel, a Jewish organization, has been doing their events uh, and Shabbats and such online as well and uh, so has the Lumen Church um, and Hillel and Lumen in collaboration with the Spiritual Care Center is now doing a Zoom discussion to try to help seniors who are graduating navigate this really difficult time and just give them a platform to be able to express how they're feeling and express how difficult this is while being supported by other community members. What's one of the greatest challenges of trying to build community through an online platform when you can be body language, understand tone, is really just have a lot of those human aspects of conversation? I think that there's just, in general, a lack of connection as it would be if you were in person uh, and being able to be face to face with another person versus through a computer screen. Um, And just the ability in itself to share a space with other people is, I think, an incredible way to make connections and to build community. And we've kind of lost that. Um, And also just, I think it's been everyone's experience through this that they've been overloaded with work, um, whether they're students, professors, advisors, no matter what their position, and it's limited a lot of people's times to be able to be a part of online events or to build community in in this time. What do you think the most rewarding part of continuing interfaith work during this outbreak is for you personally? I think that right now we are in a unique experience that shows that at the end of the day, no matter what, we are all in this together. No matter if you are Jewish, Christian, atheist, no matter what your faith or belief is, we are all dealing with this pandemic together and it is not attacking one religion or another. We are all equally in this fight. And I think not only does that give us an opportunity to build interfaith relationships, but it makes it almost even more important um, 
to be able to have a wider support system and to just recognize how much at the end of the day that we have in common. A lot of us have the similar pains right now and stresses and it's just overall a great opportunity to be able to connect on those and support one another. How has connection through faith um, impacted your experience of this epidemic? I have been fortunate enough to be involved in two faith-based organizations um, that have been incredibly supportive of me and of the other board members and students that are part of it. And I have—I feel that my relationship with all of my board members and both organizations have become so much closer as we've all been able to be a support system for each other. Um, and it's kind of a lot of give and take instead of when one person's hurting and everyone can support them. But it's kind of unique in that we're all supporting each other while we're all taking support from one another. Uh, and being able to have those groups and those groups being able to facilitate these events that allow for conversation and coping and support has been really incredible and really important during this. Can you explain more about the spiritual care program that they're doing for seniors through um, the Multi-Faith and Belief Student Council in Lumen and Halal? I don't know a ton about it, um, and I know this was kind of spearheaded by Pastor Paul over at Lumen, um, but basically the objective is as having a Zoom call this Thursday where both seniors and other members of the CSU and Fort Collins communities can join this conversation where seniors can really just vent about how, how much this is impacting their, their lives and how hard it is for your college career to be cut short in this way when you were supposed to be having all of these incredible last experiences and, and having closure and feeling a sense of accomplishment and we've all lost that. So it gives us an opportunity to talk as seniors with one another as to the same pains that we're sort of going through together, but in different ways, as well as allowing other members of the community to join, to offer support to us and to get a better understanding as to why this pandemic is especially impactful for those students that were supposed to be graduating in a couple weeks. Is there any information on how seniors can take advantage of the spiritual care program available right now? Uh, yes, it is, I believe, both on Lumen's Facebook page as well as Halal's. I don't know if any other organization has shared it, but the information for that is on both of those Facebook pages. And then as a final question, if anyone's interested in getting involved with the Multi-Faith and Belief Student Council, um, how would they be able to do that? They could message us through our Facebook page or contact us through Ramlink. Um, we have positions open and we are always excited to bring new students on our team. Um, I know I'm, as the president, I'm graduating and uh, my vice president will be stepping into the presidential role and Shu will be graduating uh, within the next year as well. And we would just absolutely love to, to grow this council. So if anyone had any more questions or was curious about getting involved or what opportunities we have or how to do so, I'd say Facebook or Ramlink would be good avenues for uh, conversation with us.
Right. Thank you. Do you have any closing thoughts about quarantine, the Multi-Faith and Belief Student Council? I think um, it's just really important to recognize right now how crucial communities are and that just because we can't build them face to face does not mean that we cannot continue building communities virtually and finding new ways as we've all had to start navigating our lives online in an immediate turnaround and in a very different way than we're used to. Um, but the connections that we continue to make with one another are crucial both in a pandemic and in everyday life. Um, and also has given us an opportunity to maybe reach out to a friend that we haven't talked to in a while or catch up with someone that we were too busy to sit down with during the school year and can sit down with over Zoom. And that there are a lot of hardships that go along with this pandemic. And as a graduating senior, I can say that this is not how I wanted to end my college career. But I think we also need to remember the opportunities that this has given us to focus on ourselves, our mental health, our loved ones, and taking care of one another. Thank you so much. And then for anyone interested, um, that is the Multi-Faith and Belief Student Council um, here at CSU. Their Facebook page is Multi-Faith and Belief Student Council at CSU. Information on the Zoom event for seniors related to spiritual care is at CSU Hillel's page. Um, the title is What Happened to My School Year for the event. And it occurs on Thursday, May 7th from 5 p.m. to 6 p.m. And that was Lindsay Upton Spass from the Multi-Faith and Belief Student Council here at CSU. She is the president and also serves as their senator on ASCSU. Awesome. Thank you so much, Coda. Of course. Uh, we're going to take a quick break, but when we come back, we're going to have my news to cure the blues, and Ren's going to tell us what national days it is today. You're listening to the Rocky Mountain Review here on 90.5 KCSU, Fort Collins. And we're back on the Rocky Mountain Review. My name is Maximus Hunter. And I'm Ren Wadsworth. And we are joined in the studio by our two reporters. Uh, my name's Ivy Winfrey. I'm Coda Babcock. And we just heard Coda do an interview. Uh, who is it with again, Coda? Lindsay Upton Spatz from the Multi-Faith and Belief Student Council here at CSU. And if you want to check that out and you missed it, you can find that on our website, KCSUFM. Com. But now, uh, we're going to play a little segment I make called News to Cure the Blues, and uh, I really like the music in this week's episode, today's episode. With the reality of COVID-19 and quarantine keeping Americans stuck indoors, it can be tough to face the day. However, good news still exists, even in times like these. I'm 90.5 KCSU News Director Max Hunter, and this is News to Cure the Blues. Colorado State University has announced a new music business program in the College of Business. The certificate program will begin in the fall and is in partnership with the legendary artist promoter Chuck Morris. Morris has worked with all kinds of musicians including the Eagles, Willie Nelson, Muddy Waters, Billy Joel, Bob Dylan, and U2. Morris also created AEG Presents Rocky Mountains which puts on more than 1100 shows per year. The program will be open to students of any major. The curriculum will take advantage of Morris's many connections, as well as the resources of the Bohemian Foundation and the Fort Collins Music District. 
The moon, once one of the greatest mysteries in the universe, has now been completely mapped by scientists. Researchers at NASA, along with the United States Geological Survey and Lunar Planetary Institute, have completed the map, which is available online. The map combines data from six different Apollo-era maps and more recent satellite images. The map is topographical and quite detailed, at a 1 to 5 million scale. Popular Fort Collins Salon Europa has closed for good, and many former clients were left with valuable, unredeemed gift cards. The salon was known for selling gift cards, as well as giving out 20% discounts on their anniversary. In order to honor the cards and make sure clients get what they paid for, two other local salons are teaming up to take care of Europa's former customers. Studio B and Faceset Medical Spa and Hair Experience will be taking Europa gift cards at face value. In order to redeem the cards, both salons are asking that any appointment is made before October 1st. This has been News to Cure the Blues. All music in this episode was made by me, and I'm 90.5 KCSU News Director Max Hunter. Let's all try to stay healthy, well-rested, and positive. Yeah, that was news to cure the blues. Yeah, that was awesome. Thanks, Max. Thanks. Uh, Ren, I've got a question. What day is it today? Of course. Uh, today is Cinco de Mayo, and one national day goes hand-in-hand hand with that. Today is National Totally Chipotle Day. No, not the place that charges extra for guac. Chipotle is a smoked, dried jalapeno pepper. Chipotles are considered an essential ingredient to many dishes in Mexican cuisine, and the spice has migrated to the States and around the world as well. The next national day is out of this world. National Astronaut Day celebrates those who reach for the stars. The national calendar says on May 5th, 1961, astronaut Alan Bartlett Shepard Jr. became the first American in space aboard the Freedom 7 space capsule. The brief subor uh, suborbital flight, which lasted 15 minutes and re reached a height of 116 miles into the atmosphere, was a milestone achievement. The trailblazing example of heroic bravery and adventure spirit is the essence of what National Astronaut Day is all about. By sharing the incredible stories, experiences, and perspective of actual astronauts, the mission of National Astronaut Day intends to inspire us all to follow our dreams. The day includes both future astronauts and those who seek to keep their feet on the ground. That's so awesome that that's happening right when we came out with the full topographical map of the moon. Yeah. And while these next heroes may be on the ground, they still deserve appreciation, especially now. Today is National Teacher Appreciation Day, also known as National T-Shirt Day. This celebration is part of a larger Teacher Appreciation Week. The National Education Association describes National Teacher Day as a day for honoring teachers and recognizing the lasting contributions they make to our lives. And that is all the national news today I have for you. Thank you, Ren. Absolutely. And thank you, teachers. Yeah, my dad's a uh, teacher, I, so thanks, Dad. <laughs> I, I miss teachers. I appreciate teachers more than ever. It's uh, I have one week left of school for the rest of my life, possibly, and... That's crazy to I think about. I wish I could give all my teachers a big hug, <laughs> honestly. Yeah. It's kind of weird just how things are at the moment. Um, but there's something in the air, and it's not a virus. It's the weather. <laughs> yeah. It's time for the weather. All right. That 
uh, that sound is pretty appropriate because it is nice out today. Spring is really happening in Fort Collins with warm days and a constant cool breeze. Today was no different with a high of 69. Moving on to Wednesday, you can expect to keep that same high, but for those clouds to roll in as your day progresses. Now, on Thursday, that high is going to drop to 64 degrees, and there's going to be a strong breeze that day. So, uh, might not be the day for the hammocks, unless you uh, want to swing around a little bit. But uh, that's our show. Cry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. We only have one more, but it's going to be a good one. We're going to go over... Uh, all of our favorite moments from the last year and uh, just kind of look back on what we've done because uh, I think it's been a really amazing year and this show has been so much fun to make and we hope you've liked it. Yeah, but before we sign off for one of our last shows, we do have a couple of people we have to thank, starting first and foremost with our two amazing reporters we had today, Coda Babcock and Ivy Winfrey. Thank you guys so much for being on the show today. No, of course. Thank you. I love to be on it. Uh, we... <laughs> well, I would hope so. You're going to be the news director. <laughs> it's true. I am going to be the news director. Right on. Well, and we'd like to thank all the awesome people at 90.5 KCSU. That's Hannah Copeland, Julia Badalise, Isaiah Reyes, Peter Walk, Monty Daniels, Raven Color, Josh Kellogg, Hunter Sinclair, Asher Korn, Desiree Cruz, Taylor Sandold, Sam Bonifay, Yasmin Conscious, Matt Guzmarati, Griffin Ham, and everyone else. We really couldn't do this without you. Yeah, I need to thank you, Max. It has been such a pleasure to do this show with you. And I'm so glad. I've said this so many times, but I'm so glad we still get to do it, even though we're in our homes. Me too. Thank And thank you, Ren. I'm glad that you're here doing this with me. And I'm uh, glad you liked the joke that I threw in the script. Yeah, it was definitely <laughs> really good. We're not going to say which one it was. But uh, <laughs> yeah, and we'd like to thank you for listening. Thank you so much. And with that... We'll see you next time. We'll see you next time.